After spending nine intensive months together, every weekday, all week, you start to think you know your other fine furniture students. But then, all it takes is one conversation to make you realize your comrades in wood are even more interesting and more wonderful than you thought. Cat self-identifies as a physically strong woman, and she is. She has spent years on farms and in carpentry shops. She boxes in her spare time, and she just generally gives off an air of quiet strength whenever she's working away in the shop. I wasn't expecting her to talk about how she appreciates working in wood because of her reverence for life, for the life of the tree she's shaping into something new and beautiful. It was clear to me when we were speaking that this is a truly heartfelt belief, and that life to her is a very precious and special thing. The fact Cat is not very attached to physical objects gives this aspect of her personality an even richer luster. When you hold life sacred, its mere ornaments become far less interesting and desirable. Cat reminds me of the aesthetics of old, the first Buddhists and Christians who saw the numinous in trees and sunsets, not in books or relics. The world needs more of that. Here's my interview with Katrina Wade. All right, Kat, how are you doing? Good, are you? Good. You nervous? A little bit. Ah, you're going to be great. So tell me about your professional and educational experience and background before you joined the Fine Furniture Program. So before the Fine Furniture Program, I was homeschooled. And other than that, I just did a lot of work experience in different types of fields. So I did farming. I worked as a stable hand for like three years, had a breeding farm and then and then for a show farm. And then was this all horses? Yeah. Okay. And then um I've done landscaping and um I worked in retail for a little while, but then I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I ended up just ended up um dying after I okay. So after I watched Forrest Gump, I came to the realization I need to be more like, I guess, fluid with my life, not so like one step at a, like not so like step to step. Need to more go with the flow. Yeah. So I was like, if there's an opportunity, I'm gonna say yes more. So that's what ended up. That's what I ended up doing because I was like, okay, what can I do that's gonna like, like better my life? So then I ended. I was like, I'm gonna move to the island. And then, like, I got and an apprenticeship. how long ago was this? This was three years ago. So I, I got offered a carpentry apprenticeship. And so that was my sign that I was like, I'm, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. And then, um, so I did, I finished my level one carpentry. But just through experience, I was, re- like, learning about myself a little bit more and then realized that I've the things that I value and like my morals are way more important than what people were saying and like wanting of me and like job like in workplaces so i was so then i focused more on that i was like what do i need to do to stick to my morals while doing what i enjoy and then so i decided to 
follow the quality part that I have focused, I've been focusing on. So that's how I went from carpentry to fine furniture because I really wanted to focus on the details. And yeah. What was it about, what was it about the carpentry program that was unsatisfying? The program itself was good, but the work, like the, the field of work is very, it's very hard to find teachers that actually want to teach. It's hard to find teachers that also, that care about the quality of their own work. And I really believe that the student is a product of the teacher. So what I was learning was not how I saw myself as a carpenter. Like I really wanted to do like amazing, I wanted to be proud of my work. I wanted to like do, I wanted to like build these homes for people and know that they were like safe in that home and everything. But that quality wasn't there from the teacher. Interesting. So, I mean, there were, there were a couple of teachers that were fantastic, but because they were so great, they ended up getting promoted. So they weren't able to be my teachers anymore. Okay. So, so it sounds like you've spent a lot of your working life working with your hands. Yeah. Has that always appealed to you working with your hands as opposed to working in an office or more retail settings? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I think one of my biggest strengths for this reason is like I'm I have I'm really physically strong. So like that has been something that's benefited me through all my jobs. So anything like physical, I found like I did the best at. Anything that's like communication-wise or like just sitting, like it just I struggle. <laughs> Besides being strong, do you enjoy working with your hands? Because some people are strong and they don't like working with their hands. They still would prefer an office job. Yeah, I love working with my hands. Why? What is it about working with your hands that you like so much? I think it's the final product of what you create. It's like it goes from your brain to, well, obviously it goes from your brain and then your hands are what create it, whether it's like, for like some people is like typing into a computer of their ideas and like and like their marketing like stuff or like for me a lot of it was just being able to for example like the farmhand stuff like I liked it because I had an idea of how I could take care of these horses but my hands were were what were able to like actually like heal them and like care for them you know so your hands can execute the plan that your brain comes up with yeah so why when you enrolled in fine furniture why did you choose wood as opposed to metal or clay you were talking about how you wanted to create something and you wanted to make something that was more finished and more artistic but mm -hmm. you could be artistic in wood excuse me artistic in metal just as easily why wood as opposed to some other material I chose wood because it was once its own life. And I feel like, I feel like in this industry, it's not honored the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. Why do you okay. think, what do you mean it's not honored the way it should be? Well, like people, 
So carpenters are usually called wood butchers. Yeah. Because they just take wood, butcher it, and then throw structures or whatever up. Yeah. But like fine furniture, you're like reading the wood. You're like the age of it is valued. And like so being able to create something that once had a life and um honoring it in that way and like enhance like showing its beauty and just in its story i think that's really cool so i know you love animals and you're talking now about honoring the trees and the life that the wood used to be it seems like maybe i'm wrong but it seems like you might be sort of a nurturing person and that that sort of life is really important to you like mm -hmm. all life is that is that accurate I mean, yeah, in a, in a you way. You can tell me I'm wrong. You know you better than I do. How How is it accurate in a way and how is it wrong in a way? Well, I think all life has value, but yeah. this could get, like, very... That's okay. All life has value, but what? <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to post my answers. I, I want to hear your answer. Okay, I think all life has value, but I think that some people give it too much like the wrong things value interesting wrong type of life value i guess what do you mean like give me an example it's like okay so okay so like the um so you know those rehab centers for animals no. So you can have, there's like wildlife centers and stuff, and okay. they take in like injured birds and stuff. Okay. And these birds have had injuries so bad that they can't fly anymore. Okay. And then, so in that way, I feel like, is that quality of life, is that bird getting the quality of life it wants? Or is that life almost being wasted because it's not like it's not fulfilling it like it's birds per the bird's purpose you know so life is important as long as it's able to do what it's supposed to do Well, it's really, like, broad, though, because then, like, you'd be thinking about, like, people. Like, I believe everybody everybody has a purpose. Okay. But maybe that's right. Maybe are they fulfilling their purpose? Are they trying to better themselves to a point where they are able to fulfill their purpose? What's your purpose? I think that's a never-ending question, isn't it? Is it something that everybody's searching for? Have you come up with any answers yet? I feel like one of my purposes is to help people find themselves. Oh, that's interesting. How do you do that? Well, it's making the person realize what they're worth. 
being able to make them see what they can't see. Do you feel like, like you've done that before? Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's really special. What kind of friendships, if you've made friendships uh, in fine furniture, have you made? What kind of relationships have you created during the last eight months while you've been here? Well, okay. <laughs> I think everybody is more of an acquaintance because I haven't actually watched know very many people here. Uh -huh. Like I know people to a level, but I haven't really spent much time really getting to know people down to like a personal level. Mm -hmm. But I think just from what I've seen, like, it's been amazing just to see people's progress. What's your best experience in class been so far? And that can be a project or a reading assignment, or you, maybe you just had a really good day. You know, maybe you just nailed those hinges and that was your best experience in class. Um, I think my best experience was building the stool. Why? It just we were because we were on the same team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like we were so organized, and like everything just fell together perfectly because we were just. I think the organization was a huge part of it. But like even just the glue up, everything just went very smoothly. And I felt very confident doing it too because it was going so smooth. Yeah. So I think that was my best build so far. <laughs> What's been your most challenging experience? And it doesn't have to be a build. You know, it could have been a particular test or a particular assignment or a particular day. Um, most challenging so far has been... I think my biggest challenge has just been getting over myself. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like I came like so I came into the program being able to with some experience already. So being able to be patient enough to share the tools with everybody, <laughs> that's been very hard because there's like three three of the same machines where 17 people are trying to use the same machine. So being patient and knowing that I don't have to go as fast as I want to be going or like I don't need to be going like completing something every single day because a lot of time like there's a lot of time that you're just spending days just prepping for something. Yeah. And I was not okay with that for the longest time. <laughs> what part of the curriculum has affected you the most? Uh, something you learned, something... Sandra said something you created, but you know, in five years, when you look back on fine furniture, on the fine furniture program, what's going to be the experience that has the most pronounced effect on you? I think it was the lessons of designing. Interesting. And creating. Why is that the most profound for you? 
because I feel like everybody has that part of like create creative side to them because it's just a human thing, right? But being able to tap into that is hard if you don't know how. And having the lessons that Sandra gave us to like they were so simple, but it made your brain start work- <laughs> working in that way, right? Yeah. So like being able to see what going from someone who was nervous about even designing something to seeing what we've like everybody has designed that is pretty amazing you know what do form and function mean to you now that we had that whole experience and Sandra had us really think about and create objects based on those concepts has your idea of form and function changed at all? Is it something that you don't really think has a lot of meaning? Some people don't think that's a really important distinction. Um, <laughs> I, I think I understand it better now, but I'm still very <laughs> stubborn <laughs> with my belief of it because I, I still think, like, I understand the definition of function versus form but stubborn about well okay so my first bookend i remember it had very beautiful purple heartwood in it yes but that was very functional but people only saw it as form because it was pretty but the functional part of it was instead of using finishes that would make it moisture resistant i chose woods that were naturally moisture resistant to complete my project the way i wanted it to be and yes i was having fun with the colors but and the types but it was still very functional and it it was functional (laughs) it was a it was heavy and solid and it was everything that i wanted it to be i liked your bookend it was one of my most favorite bookends i really enjoyed it has this program changed how you feel about art or trade at all? I think it has helped me appreciate art more. And like, even just being able to look at something you don't like and being able to look at like find things you enjoy about it or like about it or even just acknowledging that it's different. So I think in that aspect, instead of like, I'm very into like the traditional type of furniture, but being open to the different types of styles and like making myself open to the different type of styles, I think is like open my mind up to a little bit to more like different types of art you know have you discovered a new style that you particularly like that you didn't really pay much attention to before you took this program i think i've been building a lot of modern more modern stuff yeah which i never thought i would do because i don't really enjoy the look of it but sometimes those simple curves are just what you need to make it different or like everything yeah Yeah. or combining the modern to the traditional to make it something unique yeah 
has, I'll get to that in a second. How do you define art? What does that word, that concept mean to you? Like if I gave you a piece of paper and I said, write out for me your definition of art, what would you write? I think art is just creating, creating something that is, something that brings, I want to say it was something that brings joy to you. Because art can be so, well, different to each person, right? Like, it could be the same, like, for example, like, photography. There's many different types of photography. But I've been, like, learning about a lot and exposure and, like, and how editing really and like sorry just photography in general is about not there's not really like a right or wrong way to do things there's better ways to do things but at the end of it it's what the photographer wants to create what their image is in their head that they want to bring to reality and so that is art so it sounds like you might agree and if, if not tell me but it sounds like you might agree with William Morris, and he defined art as the pleasure people take in their labor. Mm -hmm. When you work at something, if you experience pleasure by working at it, whether it's a table or a road or an airplane or a painting, the fact that you take pleasure in creating that thing, that's art. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's art. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think art is affected by politics and economics if, I, if it is maybe you don't think it is i think i think it definitely is for some people i think it actually silences a lot of people in some ways how so well maybe they could something that someone wants to create but is worried that they're going to cause like bad publicity or something because of it or cause issues for it but then you also have artists who that's what they do Create the stir, rebels stir shit yeah but that is also art too do you think it's possible to be a fully realized artist in this political and economic environment like do you think it's possible for somebody who just wants to create art for the sake of creating art can they do that in 21st century canada absolutely why i think now more than ever people are actually raising their voices about and they're using their freedom of speech so I feel like that is something that's going to be like, of course, it's, it's something that's been going on forever. Like there are certain people that were doing that, like, for example, like Elvis or like 
What are those? I can't remember what those people were. You know those guys with the masks? They're like anonymous or something. They were, they have a name. I can't remember what their name was. But they go out and do graffiti and stuff. But they just oh, wear masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know the name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I forgot where we're going with this. <laughs> if you can be a, a really complete artist in this world. Oh, yeah. I think you just have to have the balls to do it. <laughs> just gotta, gotta muster gotta the courage it. to go do it. Yeah. What is the first thing that you would make if you didn't have to worry about money and you didn't have to worry about environmental impact of the materials you're using? You had all the money in the world and if you wanted to make something out of plutonium, you could. Well, that was a tough question. I don't actually know specifically. <laughs> I don't know. I would like to find a way that people could receive like clean water or like, or even just like food or like shelter that's sustainable. Cause there's always like, I've, I've been finding more and more that I've been looking into stuff. That is nothing, even like if they say organic or like, or eco-friendly, a lot of the time there's always some hidden component and it's not, I don't know, I, I hate it. You can't trust anybody then. So when I just asked you that question, you answered by saying you would design something useful and potentially life-saving for other people and you didn't tell me that you would make something for you mm. why was the first thing that came to your mind helping other people and not making something just for you because i don't like material things <laughs> really i don't like possessing material things why not because it's it's kind of like because there are certain things that have like meaning like some small possessions i have a small basket of stuff that i have kept over the years because it has meaning what's in that basket um like so i have a rock collection mm -hmm. my grandpa gave me this crystal and like i have, still have it in that box <laughs> and then just like pictures and music. So then if I asked you to make something sacred to you, what would you make? And by sacred, it can be religious if you're a religious person. I don't know if you are or not. But also, if you're not a religious person, it could still be sacred. You know, like for some people, their dog is sacred or the relationship with their grandfather might be sacred or a teacup could be sacred. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if I asked you to make something sacred for you, what would it be? It could be anything. Anything you want. I don't know how to answer that because I don't really want anything. <laughs> it could be a picture, you know, it could be an image or a feeling. 
Fiverr just has a link for me. Just for you. That That's very important. You know, I mean, I'd love. I think just happiness. Happiness. Mm. You'd make happiness. <laughs> Do you feel like you're a happy person? Sometimes. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> if you could only have three woodworking tools for the rest of your life, what three tools would you pick? A uh, hand plane. Um, measuring tape. I was going to ask you the question. You got one more. <laughs> I was going to ask you the question. Oh, it's what you want to negotiate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want it to be. Um, and a drill with bits. Drill with bits. Why those three? Because you can create simple things with those simple tools. I guess you don't really need a measuring tape. You can just eyeball stuff and you get good at it. That's true. <laughs> what sensual memory of the fine furniture program will stay with you the longest? A sight, a smell, a sound, a taste maybe? Probably the sound of the dust collector. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Why will that one stay with you the longest? <laughs> Just because it was the sound of ready to work. <laughs> what do you think of Sandra and Beth? They are fantastic. Why? Sandra is probably one of the best teachers I've ever had. Why? How so? She... I feel like she's one of the only teachers that actually wants to see success in their students. Um, I don't know. She goes above and beyond all the time. So my last question isn't Wait, really... Beth. Yeah, oh, that's right. I forgot about <laughs> Beth. Tell me about Beth. Beth is awesome. Yeah, why is Beth awesome? She's just like... I don't know. She's always there if you need her. And she comes up with very helpful solutions. <laughs> so the last question is not really a question. It's okay. more of an opportunity for you to add something that you think I missed. So is there anything that you would want to share with people about your experience in the program that we haven't talked about? Anything at all? Uh, anything you want to comment on, anything you just want to put down and remember and record of notes about this experience, our, our 10 months in this program? I think just to be patient with yourself and not rush because rushing ends up with a lot of accidents yeah. <laughs> and mistakes. <laughs> And to just take the 10 months as an opportunity to grow, whether it's in your skills or like in yourself. Great. Thank you, my friend. That I wasn't do. so painful, was it? No. You did a great job. You made me tear up a couple times. <laughs> <laughs>